you fired it first shot! Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Welcome to the Superbook Sports Podcast. 180! Hosted by career Las Vegas odds makers Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Featuring comedian Brant Tobler. The best way to ignore the noise is to be the noise. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Mahomes has to get rid of the ball. Finds Kelsey. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. You've waited all week, and kickoff is here. Here we go! Let's jump behind the counter at the Superbook with Jay Cornegay and John Murray to grab the edge that you need ahead of this weekend's NFL action. That's what makes the NFL the NFL. You don't know any given Sunday. Here's your MC, Brant Tobler. Here we go again. It is week 10, and it is time for another episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast. The line starts here. I'm your host, Brant Tobler. And as always, I'm joined by two of the top odds makers in Las Vegas, Jay Cornegay and not John Murray this week. We got rid of John Murray. John's actually at a wedding in Columbia. Don't worry, ladies, it's not his. He's still as handsome, as single as ever. I think, I don't know, but <laughs> in other news, we have a, a, another odds maker on. We're so happy to have him this week. Rex Byers is also joining us from Vegas for the show. First of all, Rex, let me welcome you to the show. Thanks for coming on and, and stepping in for John. My pleasure, Brent. That's uh, it's, it's part of it. It's hazard pay, but uh, I reminded Jay about it already, so we'll move on from there. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? I think Jay's got plenty of money to pay you because it looks like the books are officially back. Jay, is it true you guys crushed it last weekend? That is what the internet and Twitter is saying. Looks like these underdogs came through big last week. The books did very, very well, Brent, last night. Or <laughs> last, last weekend, I should say. And last night. But uh, it was... Uh, one of those weekends where you have just a enormous amount of, I, I'd like to call it surprise. And when you have that type of, uh, those type of scores, it's unbelievable uh, how rewarding that can be for the books as some of the more popular teams went down, especially on Sunday. Uh, Sunday was one of the bigger days we've ever had in the Superbook. Wow. Well, I think we all knew that was coming after after the last month of all the favorites. I figured the dogs would uh, would have to come around eventually. I, I thought the dogs might be done. So last night I was all over the Ravens. I know you guys do the in-game betting. I just kept in-game betting, thinking the Ravens were going to come back. And I, I, I was thinking of you last night when I was doing that. I was like, this has got to be great for the books because I assume every time a favorite gets down, the, the public comes in and blasts the favorites more. Yeah, they, they go into that chase mode and not everybody but uh, a few um and, and it's understandable uh, we, we have a couple of bigger players here at the superbook that uh, like to uh, wait for those games and, and wait for those situations where a bigger favorite falls behind and they they chase that favorite during the end game wagering and actually keep reloading and reloading and when a team like the like the ravens fall short at the final gun, it's usually a pretty positive result for the sports books. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, th- I thought they were coming, and they never quite made it. Rex, let me ask you one more thing about last week, and before we get to this weekend's games, UFC last week, 
some great fights. Usman won. I'm curious, did the the money end up coming back against Usman, or what kind of action did you guys get on the fights last week? The, the, the volume in general on the fights was really, really good, but you can expect that. The card was great. I mean, they fought in New York City, full house. I mean, it was a late start. You know, the main event didn't go until around 1 o'clock in the morning, New York time, but the volume was great. You know, the book did okay, nothing spectacular, just a lot of good two-way business because, you know, let's face it, on these fights where you, the, the people know who they are, which in the on the pay-per-view card, everybody was a known fighter, you know, everybody has a legion of supporters. And you also, you know, have a legion of people that bet against certain guys. You know, Covington's a very polarizing figure, and he's going to have people that bet on him and against him every time out. And uh, Usman's kind of the same way. He's been getting the money uh, fairly consistently with all his fights over the last few years, and and the, and the line was fairly cheap for him. So you know there was in, in terms of what the people that have been betting him see. So you know it was a lot of good two way and a lot of good volume on, on the fights last weekend. It was an overall positive card, and you know it's good when the UFC they, they fight seemingly every weekend, and it can be a little bit dizzying at times for some of the novice, the average betters. But these big pay per view cards, a couple three times a year, they really deliver. And last weekend was one of those examples. Yeah, that's awesome. You just you never know in the fight game, and unless I'm fighting, uh, I'll always lose. So don't don't you guys ever book me up there because uh, I I will always get knocked out. Um, let's move on to football. Uh, I'm looking at these games. A big uh, we're middle of season here. I think we're starting to realize who's real teams and who's pretenders. A couple great games this week. Let's start with what I think is probably the biggest game Sunday, which is the Browns at the Patriots. Looks like Browns are currently two and a half point favorites, 45. We're not sure about Nick Chubb playing Jay. Uh, is this game getting some action or will with the Chubb injury, will it be something that maybe a lot of action comes close to post when we know if he's playing? Well, we I, I'm not sure about the biggest game of the week, uh, Brent. I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's <laughs> it's actually a pretty decent game. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are talking about the Seahawks and Packers this week, uh, but we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But uh, the Patriots, we opened at three, and it's down to two and a half, and obviously a, a lot of eyes uh, you know, on the Browns right now. Uh, let me check it out here. It's uh, eh, about 67% of the tickets, 74% of the money on the Patriots right now. But pretty solid two-way action after the Browns' uh, big win last week uh, at Cincinnati. That's an interesting game, Brent, because it got did get down as low as like one, one and a half earlier in the week before the Chubb information, and there was some sharp money on Cleveland to do that. And then at that point, the, 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 there was some pretty respected money that came from New England to bring it back. So really, uh, it's it's a fascinating two-way game at this point. Well, Rex, I'll ask you this because we've you guys have had a pretty good idea. I mean, last week you told us Hopkins and Murray were out. Do you guys have any lean right now rather on what you guys think, rather or not you think Chubb will play? I personally don't know if he's going to play or not. And I said this yesterday to someone who asked him, like, it's almost like the same thing with Odell Beckham. It's like, what is he worth? And the answer for me, while I know he fits in importantly to, to what the Browns try to do on offense, it really it's hard to ask to make a running back really worth much to the line these days. Um, you know, it's a lot, a lot of times these guys are just plug and play type pieces. And, uh, you know, the other guy for the Browns has been equally, I would say equally good when he's healthy. So for me, it wouldn't be that big of a deal one way or the other. But, you know, yeah. I think some in the market may rate it differently. I agree with Rex there. Yeah, I I think well Johnson, we've only seen him on the field a you know a, a few times. We have a very small sample of his capability, but it's that offensive line that's actually impressive. So Johnson can c- come in there, fill in for Chubb uh, very nicely. I don't think they'd miss too much. And as uh, Rex said, nowadays running backs at probably at the most 
you know, a star running back. We talked about Derrick Henry. You know, some people some people disagree with us here, but, you know, Henry could be valued maybe anywhere from one to two points on the line. But uh, we uh, kind of lean towards that one-point difference. And certainly Chubb, even though Chubb is a very capable, uh, you know, running back, you know, we're probably looking at a half a point, you know, the difference between, between uh, Chubb and Johnson, you know, running the rock for the Browns. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And well, you know what? You're right. That that isn't the big game of the week. I, I agree with you. I think the Seahawks Packers is actually probably the biggest game. And, and this leads into kind of what we learned last week about how valuable a quarterback is, how that could move a line five or six points. And right now, you guys currently have the Packers three and a half and forty nine and a half. It looks like Russell's going to play. We assume Rodgers is going to play. Jay, is that is that what we're taking from this line? That's what we're looking at. Uh, we're looking at uh, definitely Russell is, is going to go uh, unless something happens real late. Of course, we're recording this on, on Friday morning, but uh, uh, we do expect uh, Russell will be back in the lineup. Um, I, I would think – I just found this out yesterday. I didn't even realize this, and, and maybe others did. Maybe Rex did, but I didn't know that when an unvaccinated player comes down with COVID, all they have to do is quarantine for 10 days and they don't ha- require any negative tests to get back in the lineup. So uh, Rogers is eligible to come back on Saturday, but he doesn't have to take the test. Now, if you're vaccinated, you have to come back with two negative tests before you're allowed back in the lineup. So Rogers, uh, you know, if he's symptom free, which it looks like he is, we think he's going to play. And I, and I think that's why you're starting to see this line kind of go back up because it was at five at one point, got all the way down to three in some some places. Now you're starting to see more three and a half than threes. This is a fascinating game, Brand. I'll interject real quick because when we go yeah. over these lines on Sunday, we open it up before everybody else in the world on Sunday afternoon, roughly three Pacific. Uh, Ed and Jeff and John and I were kind of batting around the idea of do we want to even put this game up? And, and it's like, well, just put it up. I mean, we have an idea what's going to happen, even though there are four scenarios, you know, with it being Rodgers in, Rodgers out, Wilson and Wilson out. And there's, so obviously there's four different lines because of how, how valuable those two guys are to their teams. And we settled on five and a half. That was sort of the with the assumption of Wilson's going to go and so is Rodgers. And, the, and there was wise guys that immediately took the five and a half and then took the four and a half from us to get us down because I think they think they're taking a free roll. They basically say, we know that Wilson's going to play. We're not sure that Rodgers is. So we can take our points now. And if, the, if they find out that Rodgers is playing, they can go out and they'll, they'll be the ones – some of these same people that took the five and a half and four and a half are going to be the ones that lay the three and a half and the four as this game goes back up. But I'm like, Jay, I think the game will close closer to four and a half or even higher once the news that Rodgers is going to play comes out. Yeah, that makes sense. And if I was the Packers, I would Photoshop a, a negative test or do whatever I have to do after watching Jordan Love stink last week. But Rex, <laughs> let me ask you this real quick. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards the Seahawks. I feel like this – I mean, if Seahawks don't win this game, it, it, it could – probably you can probably wrap up the season for them do you have any what are your thoughts on this game are the Seahawks any are they the right side and if so I should obviously probably wait till post right here, here's what I would do if I like if you like Seattle I would wait on that and I'll tell you why because Wilson's never missed a game in his career to injury and this is his first game back I don't know what kind of ring rush you're going to expect from someone like him I mean it's whereas with Rodgers you know he's missed a game and come back and it seems like he's not missing a beat so you know it might be a situation where Seattle gets started awful slow I mean you've seen some of the game plans in the past in these kind of spots where they've been a small dog the coach is ultra conservative I, I can see Green Bay getting a lead and then once Seattle is forced to play from behind the quarterback starts to get to feel things out a little bit they might be a good bet in game or in the second half. That would be the way I would 
try to recommend Seattle if you like the dog there. Looking at the lines, there's still a couple of threes out there, uh, which I think there's some value to those numbers as we, most of us anticipate Rogers going. And if he does, you know, come back to the lineup, we're, we're looking at four and a half, uh, at least four, but most likely four and a half and maybe even five once they announce that he's going to play. So there's some value out there if you believe that Rogers is going to be able to, um, you know, uh, come back from quarantine with no symptoms. Again, doesn't have to pass any tests. As long as he's showing, you know, uh, he's symptom-free, he's going to play. And that line will go up at least another point. So this will probably be the most important game for you guys Sunday. And and obviously, like a Packers four-point win would be disaster for you? Uh, Four would be awful. uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, we were only at three for a little while. Um, so we don't have a lot of Packer money at, uh, at minus three and uh, not a lot at three and a half as we speak right now. Uh, but that uh, one of the bigger bets that we took uh, this week were on the Seahawks plus five and a half and the Seahawks plus four and a half. So uh, they would escape. But I think with the, uh, you know, with the announcement and the public money not coming in until Saturday night or right. Sunday morning, it's probably not going to hurt us too bad. And, and that's the key. It depends on when this information comes out, when the line moves, because of the, the just like Jay said, it, ma- it matters when the money, when that line moves compared to when the money's going to come, because you know, every week the money comes at the same time. <laughs> the information, however, does not. So that's going to play a big factor. Yeah, that's funny. I never thought about that, that the money always comes at the same time. Well, you know what? I appreciate everything you said on that. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to listen to Rex and maybe wait till end game on that. But, uh, this next game I have to bet because I'm a true degenerate and I will be going to the game. So the last game I got to ask you about is my Denver Broncos, who looked incredible last weekend, which I'm sure was great for the book, are two and a half and 45 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jay, it seems like the Sharps are always on the Eagles. Is this going to happen again or, or am I a victim of, of remembering what I saw last week and remembering this Broncos team that I, I didn't even recognize, honestly? Well, we don't have any sharp money on this game as of right now. We did open one and a half, and it, it climbed up a little bit after, you know, that performance by the, the Broncos. But uh, looking at the uh, the ticket count, uh, well, looking at the money, it's very balanced. Even though we got a lot of small tickets on the Broncos, and that's uh, to be expected after that that big game against Dallas. And and uh, speaking of which, it was probably one of the bigger games of the year for us, uh, as you know, that just came out of nowhere. The Broncos were struggling, Dallas was cruising, and for them to go in there and just uh, pretty much blow them out and control 55 minutes of the game, again, a, a really great result for the books uh, on the in-game wagering as uh, a lot of people were hopping on that uh, comeback uh, bid by the uh, Cowboys, which really never matured at all, and therefore uh, it was one of the biggest results it, it could most likely one of the Sunday nights or Monday night games might be uh, the biggest game of the year for us. But uh, as far as a day game, it's probably going to be one of the bigger results for us, or or uh, I should say one of the best results for us. Well, let me ask you, Rex, uh, are we going to get another enjoyable performance out of these Broncos? Or I, I, You know what? I've gone to the – I keep going to these games. I keep, They keep losing, so I don't know if that uh, affects I, the line, the well, fact I'm going, but how are my Broncos going to look th- this well, week? Well, this worries know? me because I actually like the Broncos a lot, but I'm also very <laughs> anti-Philly. It's funny. I do a Philly spot every Sunday night as well, and, and it's like four weeks out of the five. I've, they've asked me for three games, and I've been against the, the Eagles in all of them, and it's just another one where I was like, 
if you can lay Denver at two and a half or better, it's worth a bet. And it's comical because, we, you know, Ed Sammons is, is a Philly guy, but he's, you know, we don't know whether he's actually a homer because every week he likes the Eagles and every week I'm against the Eagles and we go after it in the risk room all the time. It's very comical for people to sit there and listen. So, of course, when they're asking, like, what do you make this game? What do you make? You know, you know, Ed's like, you know, Jeff's like two and John's like two and a half and Ed's like pick and I'm like five. And I'm like, okay, well, there you go, two and a half. So it's like every week the same thing with with Philly either on or against, and he thinks that they're better than they really are, in my opinion. And we're going to find out Sunday because I'm a little higher on the Broncos than he is too. So the Broncos are my side in that game, and you know at this point we'll see what the book needs. I, I would guess that Ed will angle for some Denver money and try to need Philly, but you know like I say, it's it's in the, in the end it's the NFL. You can't force it. It just is what it is. The line is what it is, and you know we'll see what happens when they put the ball on the tee. He's a homer. Rex, okay. I, it's you know I like he will he'll never out here to defend themselves. <laughs> he'll, I know. Is that great? He's on like all the sharps, as Brant said. Yeah. The sharps have been on the Eagles all season long, just like Ed. They they continue uh, to harp on this defense, and they do have a a very good defense. But the, obviously, the quarterback play, the offensive side of the ball has been very inconsistent, and and that's where they struggle. Well, we'll see what the Brant uh, the Brant Jinx does this week if they can get through this. If they lose this one, uh, I'm going to start going to the the last I think three home games, and I will be betting against the Broncos to pay for uh, pay my mortgage for the rest of the year. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday night game, a, a game I which should be a good game. I don't know. I mean, it should be big for you guys out there. The uh, so confusing Chiefs uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Chiefs are two and a half, fifty one and a half. Jay, uh, is this going to be a Sunday night action one, or are you guys already starting to get some action on this game? No, it's going to be a very popular game, even though it's fairly balanced. Uh, the Sharps haven't touched it at all, but uh, I uh, anticipate some movement as the, the once the public gets a hold of it. But, you know, the Chiefs are a very interesting watch. Um, everybody, can, in, including myself, you know, we watch them each week just thinking that they're going to be able to turn it around on the offensive side of the ball and they just continue to struggle. It's amazing to me that with what the defense are showing the chiefs that Reed and company hasn't been able to adjust and they, they continue to, you know, face these defenses that are playing the long ball and and forcing the chiefs to go underneath. And then eventually Mahomes gets impatient and throws, you know, a pick looking at the ticket count. I think we're starting to see some doubt from the general public. Finally, some doubt from the general public on the Chiefs as 62% of the tickets are in the Raiders. This game would have been scheduled in the first four games of the season. That would never happen. But finally, the public is starting to see the true colors of the Chiefs and are starting to, starting to bet against them. That's very interesting. Yeah, I was to say, Rex, I I believed in this Chiefs team over. I don't. I think they've covered maybe two of the last fifteen. I uh, mm-hmm. is this going to be a thing where all of us public idiots like me get off the Chiefs and they're going to turn it around? Or what, what do you think of this Chiefs team? Would, would it really surprise you if they come in here and, and beat the Raiders like forty four to like thirteen? I mean, no. I mean, that's but but that being said, I like the Raiders myself. I mean, I've seen enough of this Chiefs to know that. And I saw it a couple weeks ago. It's like they, until they figure out how to. To, to counter the teams that are doubling Kelsey and 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 uh, Hill, I mean, it's it's clear that the other guys. I mean, one of the receivers can't catch. The other one seems like he's always playing hurt. 
Um, you know, the other one's, you know, virtually ineffective. They, they've, they've, well, they picked up another guy off the wire a few weeks ago. He hasn't done anything. The, 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 the guy that got busted for the pot in Cleveland, he hasn't done anything. So just like a combination of, of facts of the, the personnel has been bad. And let's face it, the Raiders really outplayed this team twice last year and should have beat them twice. Beat them once in KC and lost here at the gun. Um, would, would you be surprised if the Raiders win? No, I think the, right now the Raiders are probably a better team. Now, that doesn't mean that'll be the case at the end of the year. But as things stand, I mean, the Raiders really couldn't ask for a better spot in terms of getting the Chiefs, and they're kind of wounded and have struggled in those home games here uh, the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the Raiders have a chance to really make a statement, and, and they're going to have a say in who wins this division if they can come in and win this game. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot the Raiders played them so tough last year when the, the Chiefs machine was actually rolling – and everybody was on board, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders too. Well, speak the Chiefs were the team with all the hype last year. It seems like uh, Monday night we get to see the the new team with all their new toys and all the hype. The uh, San Fr- I mean the Los Angeles Rams are four and forty nine at the 49ers. Jay, is, is this Rams team for real? And I, I was curious, did you any future action with Odell and Vaughn coming in, or are those just two old guys that that look good on a poster? <laughs> Well, I always respect Vaughn, but uh, he's not going to make a difference in the line. I think uh, all eyes are on Stafford's ankle at this point. I mean, it looks like he's going to play, but I think we all can agree that he's not going to be 100%. We opened this line two weeks ago at three. Uh, This past Sunday, we opened four, and now we're down and settling at three and a half. It's very balanced action. I think it's going to be that way throughout, but I still believe the Rams with a healthy Stafford, probably one of the top three or four teams in the league. Personally, I still – I was going to make this point, Rex, and maybe you're going to disagree with me, but mm-hmm. I believe the Packers with Rodgers is probably my top-ranked team at this point. Um, obviously, without him, it's, it's a totally different story. But uh, with Rodgers, I would rank them at number one, and most likely Rams would probably be in the top three or four. But this this particular game, Bram, it's going to be very balanced action. I don't see it swaying one way or another. Yeah, Rex, what are your thoughts on this game? Rex, I want to ask you this. I've noticed these. I don't think the Niners play well at home. I read something. They haven't won a home game. Now, I know they played a bunch last year in Arizona due to COVID, but I think the last time they won a home game was the NFC Championship game. Is is that something you guys are taking (laughs) in, the rare home team that stinks at home? You know, it's funny you said that. Really, not when I'm making the number. I have to always account for home, but I didn't realize they've been that bad there. I guess it's worth something at this point, right? I mean, there's got to be when there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, when they're consistently showing up and throwing clunkers in at home, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, you got to think after what you saw the last couple weeks that you're going to get hair on fire effort out of the Niners if if they're going to bother to show any kind of pride at all. But I, I tell you what, if you if you watch what we did last week and we we were in a position where we needed the Niners pretty good and at good numbers and it didn't work out. You know, sit there and have to go, go into the room and willingly root for them again is going to be awful tough on Sunday. But based on what I've seen with, like, the, the, the parlay action is heavily tilted towards the Rams, I'm sure that when it comes time for Monday, the people are going to remember that and they're not going to be bet on the Niners. I would be very surprised if this game doesn't go back up to four just based on public pressure alone. And if it doesn't go up to four, then you'll know for sure that the wise guys are going to be on the on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, this is, for me, it's just a degenerate. This this game screams the Rams, so the Niners are probably the right side. Rex, one more thing on this game. Like, Shanahan was thought to be a genius, but, I mean, if you look at his record, he had one good year. I'm just wondering, when you guys yeah. are back there in the office making numbers, has he kind of lost some respect as, like, this offensive genius? 
I think you have to at least put some merit. So if, if you just look at the at the it is track record based on a year to year breakdown, I mean, look at it. It's, it's there's been one outlier. It's almost like with Matt Ryan that took the Falcons to one Super Bowl, but outside that one year when he did have that guy as his coordinator, what what has he done? I mean, he's been a guy that's been around for a long time and collected a lot of paychecks and earned a lot of respect. But you know, are you going to sit there and say that Matt Ryan's a top half quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like with the Niners. I mean, outside that one season, would you look at their body of work in the last five or six years and say that they've been a top ten or top twelve franchise in the NFL? Probably not. I mean, John Lynch, outside of the one draft where he fleeced the Bears, his first one, look at what he's done since then. I mean, is the talent level really there to, to say that they're on par with the Rams and ready to compete with the Rams and even Arizona, as we saw last week in that division? Probably not. This week's episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and show support for your favorite podcast today by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on any order with the promo code SUPERBOOK. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code SUPERBOOK. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? This is once again the last chance for you guys to do the reboot. Um, it ends tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time and it's Nevada only but it's $500 entry fee. You get in for the second half of the season and uh, you don't have to be in the original contest uh, so you can just get in the reboot but again this is your last chance so if you're in Vegas or in Nevada, get in there by 3 p.m. tomorrow. You know, I decided to take the week off last week because I was a little too drunk in the middle of Wyoming, but I'm, I'm really ramping up here for a big run in the second half of the season. But, Jay, just real quick on this, it looks like there's been some turnover at the top half of a, or the top of this contest. The It looks like it's going to be an exciting finish that I won't be involved in, but it looks like you got some good cappers this year. Well, you should be thankful that – we have all those in-season contests still going on, Brent, so you have a, a good chance there. As far as, far as the reboot, uh, quickly, it's just uh, that's the second half of the season contest. And again, as Brent said, you don't have to be in the original Super Contest to enter. But if you're struggling or you didn't have time to enter uh, the original uh, contest before the season started, you can enter this one. And again, that's in Nevada only. 3 p.m. is the deadline on Saturday. So uh, depends on when you're listening to it. But at 3 p.m. Pacific time Saturday, you know, come up and sign up. There has been a shuffle at the top. When we see that many upsets, usually you see that in the standings. And because of the results were so crazy last week, that was to be expected. And I would expect, uh, because the NFL is so difficult, I expect it to go all the way down to the finish the last week of the season. And it should be exciting. But uh, expect some scrambling as far as the standings, you know, from here on out. It's time for the Big Ticket. Hey, Jay, any tickets to raise your eyebrows this week at the Superbook? Well, we had a pretty healthy five-figure wager on the Ravens last night, and that came earlier in the week. Uh, they laid uh, seven minus $1.20. We took a couple of big plays on the Seahawks, as we mentioned, at five and a half and another 20K at four and a half. Other than that, we haven't seen too many others, but do anticipate those rolling in starting uh, tonight and tomorrow. Man, the poor guy last night, five figures on the Ravens. That was a tough one. You, you give him free, a couple extra drink tickets for that one, or how's that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two drink tickets and a buffet, yes. 
Well, all right. I, I assume you guys are going to get some some more big tickets coming because you got so much uh, going on. Let's go into what else is going on. And the main thing I noticed going on is I cannot believe how many college basketball games there are. I totally forget it's like this. Rex, I was looking. The, I don't know if this is right, but it looked like there was probably 100 games on Tuesday alone. You're in the ballpark. Uh, we had 70 on the regular board, and then we're the only one in Nevada that, that books all the extra games, which would involve all the teams that, that don't play in the main conferences, you know, and uh, I think there were 50 of those. So we had a total, total of 120 games, you know, with side total money line and then first and second half for all those. So needless to say, usually Tuesday is my day off, and I told Ed this week, I'm coming in on Tuesday. I want to see how bad it is. I want to be able to help. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those – it was actually pretty funny. We really didn't write that many bets, and I'll tell you why. Because so many of the games went to halftime at the same time or close to it that it's almost like a paralysis for the betters too. Like, you, you just so much going on, you really don't know what to bet. And you've only got about 14 or 15 minutes at the most to bet these second halves. So, as, as busy as we were, you know, I, I considered it a successful night because we got through it and, you know, there wasn't any, you know, big mistakes or there weren't any real issues. All the lines got up. People got to bet what they wanted to bet. And, you know, the same thing will happen today. We got 53 – Regular games, 26 extra for 79, and then uh, 62 more tomorrow. So college hoops uh, will keep you busy, and you throw them in there with the football this time of year. It's safe to say this is one of the busiest weekends of the whole whole, whole calendar year. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. And, Jay, that's I love that you guys have always done that. I mean, ever since I've known you've done the extra games everywhere you go. I know that's a lot of extra work, but – is it something that the the better enjoys because there's certain times when someone's cousin plays on a team or something and I always think it's cool that you guys make it possible to bet pretty much any university in the country. Yeah, we started that way back when. I think a lot of us uh, went to smaller schools, so uh, in respect to those conferences and in in some of those teams, you know, we try to post it out there because we know there's fans everywhere. And and it's a uh, it's a strategy that we've used to, uh, you know, attract new players and, and loyal players. And uh, that's uh, you know, worked out for us uh, over these last 20, 25 years. Well, I love it. You guys have always been innovative and doing stuff everybody else isn't. So that's why I continue to think you guys are the best sports book out there. I know you guys are busy. Obviously, we just touched on that with a billion games going on. Mm-hmm. So let me let me go over a couple college football games and get you guys out of here. I'll start with this one, this LSU-Arkansas game. I thought LSU played good a little last week. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I know that uh, talking to Rex and Ed earlier, they're both – favoring LSU side. In fact, Rex, I think you made them the favorite in this game. Correct. I remember. And now we're looking at two and a half, some threes out there. And I certainly respect uh, Rex and Ed's opinion on this as the money came in on Arkansas as we we kind of booked it that way. Uh, And there's been some sharper play, I I think, uh, on both sides of this game. But right now, after opening up at two, we're at three, and the market is two and a half. Two and a half, three. I still believe that uh, we definitely favor the LSU side. I'm not sure if it's going to go above three, though. Yeah, Breck. So you, you, uh, you'd like LSU on this side. Is this something I should? I want to. I want to roll with you guys. Should I get this now, or you don't uh, see it going obviously I, past? Yeah, three. The, based on the people that bet yesterday was a good two way, and like I said, I, I was I had moved it to three last night for us before I left, and it was one of those. You know, even though I prefer LSU, I would rather just let's be in line with everybody else, use the three, because the person that laid two and a half in Colorado was someone that we do respect. Now, the guy that took three out here in Nevada is a friend of mine, and I respect him more. (laughs) But it's funny because (laughs) I I really do think that that this guy very rarely doesn't get the best of the number in the long run. And so I think the game will close lower. So if if you're looking at 
LSU, I would say that you've probably got the top number now. If you can find a three flat on LSU, that would be the way to, to go because I do think it'll close a little lower. Okay. A great two-way game. All right. And uh, you know what, Rex? Let me ask you about a couple more here on the way out. This The Michigan-Penn State game looks like a, a huge game. And then this A&M-Ole Miss game, I, I kind of like Michigan and A&M on those. Any thoughts on those? Am I on the right side or are these going to just be – I mean, no one knows the right side, but do you have any right. thoughts on these games? Yeah, I mean, Ed makes Michigan-Penn State a flat pick, and I'm, I made Penn State a small favorite, but I've been lower on Michigan probably than everybody all year, and nothing I've seen really changes my mind much there. There's a guy that I do respect that's been kind of kind of a new player, but he's been winning and been on, on a lot of sides that I chart with other people that match up, and he was on Penn State, but he got a bad number here. So this is interesting. He took even even money on Penn State, which were, you know, on the money line when it was Michigan $1.20, and now he could take plus 105. So, you know, it's one of those situations where I think that there will be some more Penn State money that shows up, but you know that should be a good two-way game. It starts the thing off at 9 a.m. I'm sure that's, that's where we're probably going to have our volume in the, in the Superbook tomorrow, so for Saturday morning, it's depending on when you guys listen to this. And then, obviously, the last game, A&M and Ole Miss, uh, evening game, also ESPN, and, and uh, A&M laying it two and a half and 56 and a half now, and that's really a game that we haven't seen a whole lot to yet. Uh, I make it a pick, and Ed makes A&M two on top, but I think I like his line better. So I wouldn't really be interested in betting Ole Miss at less than three. I just don't see it getting there, given where it opened and where it is now. Okay, awesome. Well, all right, that'll do it for this week. Rex, I, I enjoyed talking to you. you. You know what? You're welcome anytime. I don't know if John's coming back from Columbia, but uh, <laughs> I don't it was know if a I would, pleasure. I don't know if I would either. Trust yeah, me, I've been yeah. there before. It's great. You know what? <laughs> maybe he maybe he just stays there. But uh, if, if we get to have you on again, I'm sure we will down the line. But we uh, really appreciate you stepping in and helping for John this week. And, Jay, as always, I'm sorry my, my Wyoming Cowboys beat your Rams last week, but you got basketball season, so I think you'll be yes. all right. Is there a side bet there? <laughs> you had to get that. Jay has to owe you something, right? <laughs> no, I wasn't confident I was, enough. To... I was, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I was smart enough not to. I, I'm telling you, those that Rams football team, I mean, they're consistently inconsistent. It just They just drive me nuts. But, yeah, Hoops is here, and the, the Hoops team looks pretty solid. Yeah, yeah we, uh, Rex, we both uh, are very loyal to our teams but don't really believe don't, on them this year. So one of money. us – one of us was going to talk trash, but neither of us were very confident about it. But it, it was a fun, a fun week, and, and I think basketball will be pretty rough mm-hmm. for my Cowboys. But all right, that'll do it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for being here with us. And make sure to come see us at the Superbook if you're in Vegas. Come to the theater, watch the games. We'll always be showing anything you want. Uh, same thing if you're out in Colorado. Come to the Lodge Casino up in Blackhawk. And uh, you can follow us. Please follow us on social media at Superbook Sports. You can go to superbook.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please uh, rate it, subscribe, leave a comment. We're having a blast. So thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. You've been locked into the Superbook Sports Podcast. You get a win. You get a win. Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Brant Tobler. I need some more of that. Come on. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the world of the NFL. Hey, you thought you was going to give me, huh? Hell no. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com, home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.
This week's episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and show support for your favorite podcast today by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on any order with the promo code SUPERBOOK. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code SUPERBOOK. Superbook.